The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is the Mazzotcast. Howdy, Tiger fans. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony, and this is the Mazzotcast. And with me, as always, is uh, Bill Cosby's life coach, Colin Anthony. Hey, thanks for having me. And not with us today is uh, Brian Goers, who uh, is at the University Hospital right now with anal fissures. They're tough. They are tough. And Brian will fight his way through that shit. Oh, I think so. We always know he does. Um, Colin, it's been a while since we broadcast, but I think it's important to get a little business out of the way. First thing is uh, we have had a little bit of a technical um, move forward, and we've, we've been able to track our listenership. And I'm sorry to tell you that we it turns out we have listeners. We do. It's a, it's a pleasant surprise. Well, to this point, our tra- tracking of our listeners has basically come down to Twitter and sticker uh, mailing. Right. Um, and uh, we have a lot more followers than ask for stickers. I'll say that. That's right. For, somehow we've managed to uh, tackle the technical hurdle, and we are now tracking our listeners. So if you are listening now, we ask you to tell a friend and yes. ask them to tell 10 friends. And if they tell 10 friends, before you know it, uh, the entire planet will have listened, and we will have a sponsor. Yeah. and uh, I think that's how it works. Sure, sure. I mean, I feel like this podcast single-handedly could turn Mizzou football into the preeminent football program in the United States. And then you can thank us. Yes, absolutely. Gary Pinkle himself will come to the recording studios here and uh, tell us just how wonderful we are. Right, and, and we already know it, but, but <laughs> of as part of this uh, tracking, there is also a, a, a listener survey that we'd ask you to go to our website, which is mazodcast.com, and there's a link where you can click on that and uh, take a quick survey, and if, as you do that, um, the more we have, the more chance we have of getting good sponsorships, and uh, we've had several on, on the way, and we, we don't like what you've told us. It's yeah. uh, you you think we're pretty terrible, basically. Well, yeah, I mean, but at least they're listening, Brendan. That's right. It's, it it's to critique, critique, critique us and tell us Easy just how awful we are. Um, but uh, but hey, at least they're listening. That's right. So yeah, and we'll tweet it out too because I know a lot of you all follow us on Twitter. A lot of you yeah. all. I mean, and and so just click on that link, do the uh, survey, and uh, be sure to be hard on us we, we like the abuse it is uh it is you know translated in us uh you know our egos have grown exponentially uh we are insufferable mm-hmm. more so yeah. than we've ever been before because which, of our power our yeah, media we power are, we, 
we think we're pretty hot stuff now. <laughs> we have listeners <laughs> and right. lots of them. It's crazy. Yeah. So uh, we are eager to see what the listenership is after this show. And uh, I assume we'll be growing as the season moves on and getting into that. The season is rapidly approaching and uh, we're in the midst of our fall camp. It's, yes. it's hard to believe it's already here. Thank but, Christ. I know. We're only a few short weeks away from football beginning. And uh, I think we're going to go look through camp, what's progressed and where we are, and uh, what we expect from our Tigers this year because God only knows from year to year what, <laughs> what we can expect. Uh, we have low expectations every year, and yet we keep winning the SEC East. Well, I think like college football as opposed to like NFL football, it's a lot harder as a college fan to know exactly what your team's going to be because the roster is so much larger than 53 people. You don't know what the underclassmen are going to be. You don't know what the recruiters saw on the field, and you don't know how that's going to translate. Whereas a professional football player, you already know if he's, by virtue of him being on an NFL field, is a pretty good football player. And so... Um, plus, there's just a lot more information about those individuals. But uh, yeah, and and I think in the college realm, uh, you know, there's question marks uh, in different aspects of the game. But that's the nature of the beast. I mean, you have guys for four years tops, yep, and you turn them over, and what was a strength is all of a sudden a weakness. And I think that's what we'll get into is that different areas where the Tigers um, have concerns, where we know we're strong, and what we're going to get into. Um, one of the first things I, I when a lot of sites will will go through offense and defense and rather than doing that i think i want to go through the positions sure. uh, from the place where we have the most questions to the to the uh to the place where we're most secure and i think we have no more questions at mizzou than wide receivers we have more question marks here than the riddler's bodysuit <laughs> and the, the tigers everybody knows that we've graduated uh our top receivers and or or if not graduated, they've marijuana out. <laughs> yeah. So um, the question mark for, for the offense is who is going to be our go-to guy uh, in the backfield? Well, there's this Blair fella. I mean, if you guys watched uh, SportsCenter a couple nights ago, they were actually Mizzou uh, receiver uh, making a pretty miraculous catch, uh, made the Mizzou or made the SportsCenter uh, top, top ten. ten. Plays, yeah, yeah. And you get where we were able to vote for uh, – a Mizzou player, uh, Deshaun Blair. Yeah, he's a he's a red shirt freshman. Mm-hmm. He's got good size. He's a six three kid. And I'll say this because people have asked a lot of questions about our receiving core. Um, while they're inexperienced, they they look good. They've got the size. And mm-hmm. you know, a couple of years ago, Missouri had six four, six five, six six receivers, and that, those guys had experience. Now we've got young guys, but they do have the look of talented receivers if they can get breakout speed. Well, and I run think, good routes. Um, I think one of the things that may be lost in Gary Pinkle as a coach and a recruiter is that, you know, he has consistently put together good wide receiving cores, good quarterbacks. I mean, there are positions of strength perennially mm-hmm. for the Tigers. You know, the defensive line obviously has become something of a, of a every year. You can almost count on it. Now, this year, obviously, you're probably going to get into that. There's probably more question marks. But, but yeah, and receiving receivers is one of those positions where we always seem to have somebody to catch the football. Yeah, and, and the question marks are who that was going to be this year. Nate Brown, who's a four-star recruit, he's a sophomore, another six-three kid. Um, a lot of people thinking Nate Brown might be the guy that ends up with a lot of catches this year. Um, somebody's going to be the guy by virtue of Matty Mock having to throw. And to I somebody. don't know if Leftwich being a local 
uh, talent is part of the reason I hear a lot about him, but you know, I, I feel like people are high on him as well. Yeah, uh, Wes, Wesley Lefwich, who was a senior. Wesley Lefwich, he, he sounds like he, uh, he was recruited from the British House of Lords. Yeah. Wesley Lefwich. Wesley. Uh, he, he got a lot of minutes last year. Um, he had a couple of key drops. Sure he did. Um, but, again, I think he's paid his dues. And um, he could be a guy that the Tigers rely on. He's not going to be afraid. The only the reason I have questions about him is it took him to a senior year to get on the field. And a lot of times, just like you mentioned, a sophomore – um, taking some reps in practice like boy if he was really i want to tell you a story it's a story about a scandal broken relationships gossip rumors money corporate rivalry and a broom a performance enhancing broom my name is john cullen i'm a comedian podcaster and for 20 years i was a semi-professional curler and i want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500 year old sport of curling we felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight it's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace oh, i was being dragged through the mud it's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream yeah, i said that's great news it's a story of intrigue i still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret the full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Really good. You would hope that maybe he would have found his way mm-hmm. onto the field a little more consistently earlier on. Uh, but And we're in a situation where if we have a senior with a little experience, we're going to have to lean on him. Uh, that being said, uh, another guy that people are interested in or um, have questions about is Jamal Moore. Uh, he's another 6'3 sophomore. Um, he... He's a guy who um, he's had some trouble in the summer with the coaches. He got in a little tiff, and he fell down the depth chart a little mm-hmm. bit. But I think he's going to play his way back up, and we're going to see a lot of minutes out of him. Uh, you know, <sighs> Nate Brown, I think, is the go-to guy, but any one of these guys could step out and make big plays and get themselves a big name, and Matty Mock's going to look out for those types of guys to be his go-to. Well, I think you hear all the time about the NFL being a quarterback-driven league. College is a quarterback-driven league. It's just there's so few really good ones, it seems like, ultimately. I mean, one of the things that is a really a feather in Gary Pinkle's hat is, I mean, he said a long time ago, and, you know, it's been documented that he said, we will always have a quarterback at Mizzou. And he has backed that shit up. Mm-hmm. And um, they were breaking down Manny Mock the other day on the SEC Network when Manny Mock was on with Feinbaum mm-hmm. and um, talking about – you know, Matty Mock's performance, as frustrating as it could be, his numbers compared to some of the uh, quarterbacks at Mizzou who have been a little have a little more ballyhoo are not that 
dissimilar. I mean, the biggest knock on Matty Monk is his completion percentage, which is floating somewhere around 53%. But ultimately, his touchdowns to uh, uh, interception, interception ratio and stuff, I mean, if you just stack the quarterbacks up by their numbers, I mean, he's he maybe deserves a little more credit than I've ever been willing to give him. Yeah, and you, you can't discount the fact that he had a shoulder separation last year in the middle of the season, managed to play through that, uh, didn't play well, but he was still a team leader, and I think a lot of things that people talk about are the fact that Matty Mock has become a fourth-quarter quarterback. His statistics in the fourth quarter are dramatically better than they are uh, early on in games. I think that might point to him being a bit of a dum-dum and that yeah. he doesn't understand the gravitas of a moment. <laughs> or maybe he's just a clutch player, but... But what I, mean about, you want to look at yeah, what I mean about Gary Pinkle is like, look at Alabama last year having a really had an athlete for a quarterback, but not a quarterback for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And um, there's if you look around the SEC, the, one of the biggest things that would give you optimism for the, about the Tigers is they have a returning quarterback who is kind of unchallenged as their quarterback with mm-hmm. so many other teams with quarterback questions and not knowing what's going on. Mm-hmm. If, Georgia, if, for instance. Yeah, my biggest optimism, I can't believe I'm saying this, is, is Matty Mock. You know what yeah, I mean? If he scary. develops, you know, he could put the Tigers on his shoulders and do something special because he's going to be playing a lot of teams that don't have a Matty Mock caliber quarterback. Yeah, and, and on the other end of Matty Mock passes, I want to finish this uh, wide receiver segment by talking about uh, there's another group of redshirt freshmen, and uh, interesting amongst them is a guy named Ray Wingo, who was a co- recruited as a cornerback. I remember seeing him in the spring game. But given uh, the question marks at uh, the wide receiver position, they've converted him to receiver, uh, and uh, I'm interested to see what he can bring to the table. Yeah, you'd hope the coaches saw something kind of special if they thought it was worth changing positions. And um, given the, the fact that uh, we don't know what we're going to see at wide receiver, uh, a lot of people are saying that we're going to have um, – you know, a lot of dump passes and maybe utilize more of a of a two tight end set, which we did not see a lot of the year before. No. Uh, of course, we talked about Sean Culkin and the fact that he's got bricks for hands, yeah, which is unfortunate because it's better <laughs> to have hands for hands. Um, it sure is. But uh, Jason Reese, who was his backup last year and is now competing for the top spot, both of those guys are going to see a lot of playing time. And if they're in the two tight end set, um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what – what the offense is going to look like with those little short passes. Yeah, my negativity towards Matty Mock is probably based more on fandom and not rational analysis, but I, do, I feel pretty confident that when I say Sean Culkin is not great at pe- catching passes that I write about that even from a like a not a fan standpoint. That's just I think you maybe you've understated it. <laughs> well, you know, and and hopefully he he changes my mind this season, but, you know, I feel I don't, like... I think you shouldn't look at it as a glass half empty where he's bad at catching passes. I think you should look at him. He's great at dropping passes. <laughs> yeah, give the guy some credit. That's right. But, yeah, I, I, if there's a two tight end set, I mean, they, that says to me that at least they have some confidence in the uh, Reese kid, so... Well, or, short, or confidence in Matty Mock's short pass game. Well, I hope... I mean, we talked about it last year. His short pass game was... Not his strength. His weak. Yeah, I mean, yeah. His, his, he, he liked throwing Fuck it, I'm going deep was his, was his mindset. Yeah, but when you got a guy like Bud Sasser, mm-hmm. um, you, you, can, you can go deep. And, and I've heard a lot about designed runs, too, mm-hmm. you know, because utilizing Manny Mock's mobility, which is right. helpful. Well, let's move on to uh, the second question mark I have for the team, and that is, of course, the D-line zoo, uh, Missouri's defensive line, which for the last couple of years has been a dramatic strength for the squad. We've had a great defensive line. We lost both Shane Ray and Marcus Golden to uh, both the senior year and the NFL draft. Then, of course, uh, Harold Brantley was injured in the car accident. 
uh, Marcus Loud was dismissed from the team from for unknown reasons, which we're still sure. investigating. And, uh, and so now we've got a bunch of guys who are trying to piece together a defensive line that uh, first-year defensive coach Barry Odom is going to have to deal with, um, you know, who certainly isn't going to be the kind of strength that we were looking at going into the spring. But, uh, you know, the question is, how scared do we need to be of these guys? Well, I feel like our defensive line play could fall off quite a bit and still be pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, what I want to – I would – tell Tiger fans to temper their enthusiasm for the defensive line. Just for standpoint, don't get so you, it's like Patriots fans getting upset when their team goes to the playoffs and loses. Right. You know, if you're a Browns fan going to the playoffs, it's a great thing. And for Mizzou fans, you can't expect our defensive line to be this good every year. So just right. don't be too hard on the defensive line if they're just good and not great. Well, and I heard Booger McFarland talking about um, Mizzou going into this fall and his Lack of confidence lies in the fact that uh, when, when he has watched Mizzou, which has been an SEC play, um, really high-profile receivers and really high-profile defensive linemen have been the Tiger's strength. And without both of those things, he has he has uh, a pessimism towards us. But, you know, that's talk coming from a guy who only has watched the last couple of years of Tiger play in, in the SEC. Yep. And that has not always been the strength of the Tigers. Granted, we've had a good defensive line, but – you know, tight ends used to be our strength. We used to have a strong tight ends, uh, mobile quarterbacks, and good uh, rushing. And there's no reason Missouri has to play one single style of play to succeed. Well, I think if you think back a few years ago with the striker shoe locks of the world and stuff, they were that wasn't a bad defensive line. It just wasn't the caliber defensive line we've enjoyed mm-hmm. the last couple of years. And well, and Charles Harris, who's uh, by all accounts uh, a lock for the defensive end position, uh, the sophomore kid, he's at like two fifty five. He's uh, set to replace, um, you know, the, a, a solid defensive end position. Uh, now, Loud's not going to be on the other end, and it's looking like um, probably a kid named, like, um, let's say, I guess it's, it's Walter Brady and Ricky Hadley. Those are both kids that are going to be, um, you know, starters on the line. Well, and, well, and the well, other question is Josh Augusta, who played a lot of minutes last year, uh, but he's a fat piece of shit. And. <laughs> And uh, sure is. Gary Pinkle was saying that, uh, you know, he's got weight issues. And yeah. the, fact is, the, the fact is, um, you know, he's, he's fatter than a Mississippi prom queen right now. Yeah, Hannah Bradley looks like a chewed piece of bubble gum. Uh, mm-hmm. He is – what about the uh, Juco transfer, Bryn, at the defensive end? I mean, I haven't heard his name mentioned at all. You know, he was one of those guys that was going to come in and hopefully bring us some talent. Was it Marcel Frazier? Mm-hmm. And I haven't heard a thing about him since camp started. And that worries me a little bit. He was like, when, when Loud initially got dismissed, people were saying, well, Marshall Frazier, pretty good. He's going to come in and maybe fill that void. But I haven't well, those are the kind of things him. we won't really know until the season gets started because the media is not allowed in except for in the scrimmages. Mm-hmm. And of course they're keeping it under their hat. The coaches are. So, um, you know, hopefully those kind of guys will be able to step in and perform at an SEC level. And thankfully the Tigers have a pretty easy on-ramp with their non-conference schedule so that they'll be able to get things going. Yeah, no Indiana this year, thank Christ. Oh, 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 oh. Powerhouse. Yeah, they're tough. <laughs> but so. uh, what's next? Well, <laughs> what's next? Well, I, I mean, that is the end of what I would call qu- severe question marks, but what is interesting to me is now the running back position because it's clear Russell Hansborough is not just the starting running back, but he is, in fact, the meat and potatoes of the Tigers' offense. But the question is, the Tigers have run a multiple back set mm-hmm. in the past, and every indication I mean Who's taking Murphy's the, job, ultimately? Yeah, that's right. Who, who's coming up after Hansborough? we got Ish Whitter, who had a lot of minutes last year. We've got Chase Abington, who's a JUCO transfer, and by all accounts looks ready to go now. 
And then there's Morgan Stewart, who is coming back from the most mysterious injury of all time. Yeah. With, with his hip. And uh, will he get minutes? Uh, will it be Ishwitter, who's it was at Abington? Will they all play? I, well, I'm sure knows. just coach speak, but, the, but everybody seems high on on Morgan Stewart. Like he's back and he's at full strength, and he's going to give us, you know, he's going to give us a new dimension to our running game. I don't know if that is true, but uh, I hope it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, somebody needs to pick up uh, Hansborough slack because he's a little guy and he's mm-hmm. going to play a lot of minutes. Well, I think if the SEC media is sleeping on anybody, it's Hansborough. Oh, I know. I know. That's another thing I heard Booger say. You know, I think there's only like five or six guys in the conference better than him. Well, that's half the conference. Yeah. So I think he's underrated. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the then, of course, quarterback is not a question mark, but it's, again, um, Matty Mock is the starter. But the, the big question I have is Drew Locke. We've got this freshman kid who is um, – is he going to redshirt? I think so. Um, there's – Eddie Prince, who the post dispatch was saying, like, why are you still here, Eddie Prince? You know, you're a, you, you've, there's no chance you're starting. Yeah. Um, Matty Mock's a starter for this year, probably next year, and then we got Drew Locke and the kitty for next, the, following that. Um, yeah, but he looks good in camp, and and then of course there's there's Corbin Berkstresser, who's a senior. That's the Berkstresser story is funny because you know he was the backup for a while. I mean, mm-hmm. he played minutes for the Mizzou Tigers in, in games that mattered, and he just fucking fell off a ledge as far as the depth chart is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, so he obviously didn't press the coaches in the time yeah. he got. Um, so Drew Locke, do you think he will? I don't burn think so. A I think it's, it's a it it spells bad things that they do. I feel like it's a um, when Peyton Manning went to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. He was not. He was supposed to be redshirted, and like in the first game of the season, their quarterback got hurt, and they had to pull the redshirt off of him. And Manning started his career, and I feel like those circumstances are going to have to take place for Drew Lock to get on the field, which is bad news. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? That means Matty Mock got his shoulder separated again, or his leg ripped off, or you know, penis tear. <laughs> exactly. So, so um, I don't want him to play this year. You right. know I mean, sure. I, I, if I, he I, does, I mean, and he plays wonderfully, that would be terrific. But I don't think he's Peyton Manning, so. Um, probably best to let him maturate. I mean, he looks like Justin Bieber. He's built like Justin Bieber. He's slightly taller, so I, mm-hmm. I don't know if his body is ready for SEC football yet. Mm-hmm. I understand. Uh, Bieber. Yeah. We have Bieber. Cornerback yeah. um, is the last position set, or the back, defensive backfield is the last position set, and strangely, that is the strongest area than Missouri Tigers this year. Aaron Penton, uh, Kenya yeah. Dennis. Ian Simon. Yeah, they're they're – they have, uh, have ready a lot to of go. playing time. They played well last year. Um, they got better and better through the season. Absolutely. So uh, that's that's the Tigers. Another the group nutshell. that I think like the SEC media is sleeping on. You know, I agree. When, we, when we talk about uh, the first team, second team, SC, all SEC preseason teams, these guys weren't aren't mentioned. But I feel like that is that just goes to show that SEC doesn't give a shit about the moves. The Tigers doesn't pay attention because these guys are legit. Yeah, and um, it, whatever problems we have in the, in the front four. I think these guys can make up the difference. Well, I hope so. I, you know, I have never, even when you talk about, uh, you know, first round talent getting drafted in like the top ten cornerbacks. I've never seen a cornerback on a college football field that just blew my my hair back. Like they didn't make mistakes and didn't get burned once in a while. And so, I don't know. Maybe I just a shutdown corner in college football to me is is rare, very rare. So, you know. I feel like those guys can make mistakes still. Um, and so while I do think they're a strength, I don't know if they are so strong that they can make up for a weak defensive line if that is, in fact, what we end up having. 
Well, I hope you're wrong. And, uh, I probably am. I most of the most of the time I am. Well, that's that's the Tiger Squad, and honestly, that's enough hard hitting sports talk for me. Absolutely, I'm wiped. So uh, we're going to take our first break, and we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Coach Earlywine from the softball team who had another little dust up. Oh, did hear he? about this? Yeah, it's uh, we we've been following this story since uh, his email exchange with the Missouri State Squad. Um, I love softball drama. Sure, softball talk is why people tune in, Brennan. Right, and of course we have Kansas news, so that's uh, some of the most important thing we bring to you um, ever. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's an absolute necessity. So uh, anyway, this is the Mazadcast. We'll hear it from you later. throw that used cell phone away, sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. And we're back, and um, I should mention that we have a guest star in with us right now. Tina Van Steenbergen, who's a longtime offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, is with us. Thanks for joining us, Tina. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, and you're here for a great story. Uh, we mentioned earlier in the season that uh, Coach Earlywine, the uh, softball coach at Mizzou, had gotten into a little tiff uh, with another coach, and we love some softball drama. That's I mean, it's why people tune in. Right, softball drama. That's, softball talk. And Hot talk. A distant second is Mizzou. Hot softball talk. Below that, distantly, is uh, Mizzou football. So um, there was another story in the Post-Dispatch regarding Coach Earlywine um, that said the National Fast Pitch Coaches Association Ethics Committee, there is such a thing. Is there a thing? <laughs> there's a thing. Apparently, it's a, it's a thing. And uh, they issued Missouri softball coach Aaron Earlywine a public reprimand for what is described as questionable comments and actions during the last three years. Uh, the August edition of the NFCA newsletter, which I'm sure has a great readership. It's right next to my toilet. Mm-hmm, states that Earlywine's comments and actions in the media have resulted in embarrassment for the sport of softball, the University of Missouri, and the SEC. As That's I'm, strange because I had never heard his name till like 15 minutes ago. So if, to say that he has caused a great deal of embarrassment and brought... You know, poor light to the sport. I feel like is a little bit strong. I feel like embarrassed who he is. And, yeah, and I feel like dugout chanting is the biggest embarrassment <laughs> to softball. Yeah, absolutely. It's the paramount purpose of softball. What the chanting and the, the chanting cheering? is really all that matters. The embarrassing <laughs> behavior is where the problems come from. Really <laughs> so, potato, potato. We'll agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's see. So, as a member of the NFCA, early wine is required to abide by the association's code of ethics. The NFCA listed four violations of the code that stories published from ESPNW.com and the Tribune, uh, which cited Earlywine's unprofessional comments towards Murray State's team as w- and one of its athletes in 2012, unprofessional comments in- to colleagues in 2014, and altercation with umpires in 2015, and, of course, the well-publicized email exchange with Missouri State in 2015. Where he called uh, Missouri State's coats total horseshit. I believe was his uh, quote. Right, but that was just a technical term that softball coaches use, I felt. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so anyway, um, early wine feels that he's just misunderstood. He said, I'm sincerely sorry for the unprofessional comments I made. Um, I understand it's not right way to represent the university. 
Um, I think a lot of people out there misunderstand me as a person. Those who work with me and know me privately know that to be the case. Uh, you're the most misunderstood person I know, they tell me. I think the reason that I'm, mis- <laughs> I'm a, is I'm a different person on the field than I am on the conversation field. all the time. <laughs> on the field, it's not time for pleasantries. That's competition. It's a form of fight. I, when sure. I think of women's softball, I think of fight. Yeah. And clearly people are misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People, people want a, a bad sport. guy. There's not many of those in softball. I'm the only one that comes close. A lot of times they paint me in a dark corner. If I was a baseball coach, I'd just be another guy. He's a complete narcissist, it sounds like to you know me. What? It sounds like he's a feminist. Yeah, that's I think he is a feminist. Right yeah. He's saying this is a feminist if he was a baseball coach. Well, that's why we brought you in for the female perspective on this female sport. I Thanks for that deep that. insight. Mm-hmm. Great story. Great story. So um, I just wanted to cover that because I felt it was very important um, to the, the the entire early line story. Somebody needs to cover him. Closure. We all need closure. Especially for three years, this was not one incident. This has been an ongoing. Yeah, he's been a shit bag for a long time. <laughs> Listen, I think you are complete horseshit. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going to tell you a little something we do here. Uh, Tina, it's, uh, it's called Kansas News, and uh, it's important to us because the University of Kansas is a dear friend to the University of Missouri and has been for, oh, I don't know, since the Civil War. <laughs> and so we, we like to keep abreast of what's going on in Kansas and uh, report it out to our fans because uh, we, th- since we've joined the SEC, we don't play Kansas anymore. And, and since that is the case, somebody's got to report what's going on in the state, and that falls on us. Yeah, that's our cross to bear. Mm -hmm. So, here we go. This is Kansas News. This is Kansas News. Our first story comes to us um, from the KMVT television in Wichita, Kansas. It is Sinkhole Swallows Kansas Man. A sinkhole along First Street Bridge opened up and injured a man walking in the area. The sinkhole was caused by a failing stormwater system, and recent rainwater uh, washed away soil underground and caused the surface soil to give way. I disagree with this assessment. I think it is God just trying to absorb his mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, so he saw an opportunity. Yeah, Yeah, you're on board. Well, I feel like this is a. I'm proud of this sinkhole. I mm-hmm. feel like it, it did I like great its, work. I like its initiative. Mm-hmm. I think I, if I can, can do spirit, <laughs> I wish I could encourage more sinkholes to swallow more Kansas citizens. Mm-hmm. We could just create a sinkhole that's on all of Kansas. That would be the well, dream. that's obviously the dream. <laughs> sinkholes would make Kansas a lot more interesting. Otherwise, it's just a flat, godless landscape. <laughs> As we mentioned, sunflowers mm. and. Desolate nothingness. Yeah, basically. The actual worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the worst. That's right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, he only suffered a sprained ankle from the sinkhole, so God failed again there. Um, <laughs> we wish him um, imminent death. Just to be clear, the sprained ankle is the news of Kansas. Just yeah. so we're on the <laughs> so we start up. We're That's just warming up. We're yeah, we're warming up. Okay. So our next story... From Topeka, Kansas. A Kansas bombing plot defendant seeks court hearing delay... A 21-year-old man charged with plotting to plant a bomb at an army post in Kansas to help the Islamic State is asking a federal judge to delay his next court hearing. 
Um, I think most of us know that most Kansans are terrorists or possible terrorists, and this guy just exposes the plot. Well, this is uh, – I don't feel like they're Islamic terrorists. I think it's more the militia type. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, more the uh, – No, this guy's very severely an Islamic terrorist. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, so uh, he his name is John T. Booker, but he goes by the name Muhammad Abdullah Hassan. Um, he filed a request uh, Tuesday to uh, for a hearing in U.S. District Court Judge Carlos Magira in Kansas City, Kansas, uh, is reviewing the case. His attorney wants the hearing postponed till September 19th because of unspecified scheduling conflicts, such as uh, pipe bombs. <laughs> <laughs> According to court documents, Booker was arrested in April for trying to arm what he thought was a thousand-pound bomb inside a van. What they he thought was a bomb. Yeah, it specifically says what he thought was a thousand-pound bomb. My question is, what in the hell could it have been? It was a piano. I, I mean, that's my first, mm-hmm. my first guess. A prairie dog with an alarm clock attached to it. Your standard uh, Kansas woman, you know, mm-hmm. at a thousand pounds, it's probably she's a thousand pounds. <laughs> yeah. He, he, Tried to arm her. If she had burritos, she would have been a possibly a bomb waiting to happen. I mean, um, question. We can pass judgment, but who hasn't thought about blowing up Kansas? It's <laughs> a great point. That's yeah, a great point. I don't know that it's even a crime. It's, it's <laughs> God's <laughs> work. Is <what> it is. <laughs> it's the worst. It's doing God's work. It's the Lord's work. Okay, so I'm going to move on to our next story. We all know there's terrorists in Kansas. That's barely news. Update, Kansas man sentenced to one year in jail for 17th DUI. 17th. Wow. I'm sorry, one year? (laughs) It's pretty light. I mean, it almost encourages Kansans to drink and drive. One year. I think, if anything, we we should uh, appreciate and envy this guy's initiative. Can-do spirit is what it is. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So uh, many Wichita drivers were in shock Thursday to learn 59-year-old Stephen Gass will spend one year in the Leavenworth County Jail and have to pay $2,000 fine for his 17th DUI. Good God, one year? And which part of that were they surprised about? That he actually is going to jail? That he's still that drunk? That, that he got arrested at all? I right. think they're probably concerned that, uh, you know, there's probably a lot of people with 15 or 16, and they're like, is, I'm next. I might have to go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, uh, so it scares me to death I'm sharing the road with someone who drives like that, Kansas Ulbrich said. Definitely more prison time, and he should never be able to drive again, uh, Clint Bruce said. A recent study shows Kansas actually ranks fifth in the nation for DUI penalties. The first-time offense is considered a misdemeanor. It'll cost you $750 and up to six months in jail. A second is also considered a misdemeanor. It'll cost you $1,700 and 12 months in jail. A third or higher is considered a felony and will cost you $2,500 or a year in jail. So at this point, he has 15 felonies. That's right. Wait, so your third one costs twenty five hundred, but your seventeenth only costs two thousand. Yeah, I don't know nice. exactly how that works. It's um, I think Kansas has a strict seventeen strikes you're out policy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they're recommending therapy and rehab for him. I think that's uh, long overdue. Here's my question: Why is it fifth? What other states have more DUI drivers than seventeen? I want to know one through four. Yeah, 100%, I do. I have to assume Nevada and Las Vegas ranks way, way, way up there. And if we're being honest, Wisconsin's on the list. Yeah, they are heavy drinkers. But I feel like all the cheese consumption probably levels things out. It does. Mm-hmm. Or just facilitates cheese, <laughs> which is a whole different kind of felony. It is. It's a smelly, smelly felony. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. We have a lot of Kansas news today, and it's all important. Uh, let's see our next story. If you were hoping for you know, Mizzou news and uh, football talk, you were... Sadly mistaken. No, it's Kansas time. <laughs> Kansas man dies after trailer blows over from high winds. 
Sounds so, about right. Is that news in Kansas? Well, I, I don't oh, think they need to. Maybe. They don't need to say trailer. They just need to say home. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, assumed, it's implied. It's assumed it's a trailer. So sadly, officials say a man is dead after his trailer blew over due to high winds um, early Friday night. Uh, Sheriff Brian Luggett says the 39-year-old man was killed when his uh, trailer was lifted off and violently slammed back into the ground. And he was crushed by his own meth lab. <laughs> That's right. So <laughs> the world's worst Breaking Bad episode. Wind probably got up underneath it and set it back down, said Captain Obvious, Edward's neighbor. <laughs> Sido was in town during the storm, but when he came back home to the overturned trailer, he immediately called for help. Great job with doing that. Um, So anyway, it says um, they really appreciate uh, workers' efforts to clear up the damage. uh, And damage by damage, I mean uh, spilt entrails. I assume (laughs) Um, there are many ways to die in Kansas. I say turning your trailer over on yourself is probably one of the most desirable. Well, it's certainly one of the most regular. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it it's probably ranks right up there. Heart disease, uh, cancer. Tanks falling on you. Tanks falling on you. Um, and uh, your trailer. Self-inflicted gun wounds. <laughs> Obviously, that's going to be right up there. Terrorist bombs. Ter- right. Well, they don't terrorist. actually get that done. Right. So that's, that's easy to get confused, but they don't actually follow through with that. They don't, they're not sure if it's a bomb that they'll ever fire. Or, a, or a, their girlfriend. <laughs> so um, here's an interesting one. Kansas ranks dead last in rating of vacation spots. Uh, this is from the AP. And again, is this news? I don't know if it's news, but it needs to be reported. I mean, okay. there could be people who decide, you know what? I've got some free time. I've got about three weeks built up. It's time for me to take a vacation. I'm going to see what Wichita is all about. <laughs> Nobody said that. <laughs> Never. Ever. Well, in case it happens, I'm here to report. Uh, tourism promotions like to call Kansas the land of Oz. But according to a new travel book rating vacation spots around the world, the state might be appropriately described as the ta- land of Blahs. Well, That's just good writing. I think um, it's it's a it's a it's a its own statement that their the biggest feather in their cap is uh, based on a movie that's you know over fifty years old. <laughs> yeah, seventy they years old. Leave Kansas. <laughs> right. The whole point the whole is that point. they desperately want to get out of Kansas, <laughs> yeah. and that's their high point. Yeah. So Kansas ranked dead last in a new book, Vacation Places Rated, a survey of seasoned travelers who were asked about their favorite U.S. destinations. The Sunflower State drew a collective yawn from 13,000 veteran vacationers surveyed for the book. Less than 10% of them said they especially liked what they saw in Kansas. No other state or domestic travel uh, destination scored that low. That doesn't mean Kansas is a bad place, said Stanley Plogg, author of the book. Based on travel habits and preferences. I think it does. Yeah, I think you're right. Plogg split the people he surveyed into three groups. Venturers, who like to travel spontaneously going where few have gone before, dependables who like well, the comforts would, of home. Kansas would fit that, that description. Mm-hmm. Few have gone there. Yeah, dependables who like the comforts of home when they travel and don't like surprises, and centrists who fall in between. None of those groups gave Kansas high marks. In fact, every group gave Kansas the lowest marks possible. I'm really glad we separated those into demographics before. Just to say that Kansas all of them hated it. Ways. Yeah, I think we could have just said everyone hates Kansas. Mm-hmm. It's impressive to me that the best part about Kansas is Kansas City, Missouri. Right, a lot of people. It's a very valid point. Mm-hmm. Very I valid point. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Kansas um, was the bottom of the list of one-star states that also included Oklahoma, North Dakota, Iowa, Indiana, Nebraska, Ohio, Delaware, and Mississippi. The list was summed up this way: very few people like it. 
you better know what you want to do before you go to Kansas. Otherwise, you will have a bad vacation experience. Tell me that is a direct quote. It is in quotes. It is direct. This hardly sets off any panic signal, said Matt Brisk, communications director for the Kansas State Department of Commerce, which houses the state's travel and tourism office. You have to realize Kansas is not Hawaii, and it's not Colorado. <laughs> I do realize those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good observation there, Bursch. He said, you don't have huge mountains, and we don't have beaches. No, state tourism not. efforts were hindered, he said, by the fact that Kansas was one of the smallest tourism budgets in the nation. Do you think the budget is the problem? Or do you think it's, it's, it's a barren wasteland? It's a, just a hellscape? I think it has to do with a, a lot with the uh, resident suicides due to massive, massive depression. Come see our prairie dogs. Mm-hmm. That's it. The prairie dogs. Yeah. That's it. If they're not marking the prairie dogs effectively. <laughs> Come the see the rodents issue. that inundate our state. And that's all we got in <laughs> Kansas. Let's see our last story. Kansas Taco Bell fires employee who allegedly wrote pig on cops' food. Kind of respect this one. I'm going to lie. A Taco Bell in Newton, Kansas has now fired an employee who allegedly wrote the word pig on burritos ordered by a cop and his fiance. Fired from Taco Bell. That's crushing. <laughs> yeah, I know. What will he do with himself? <laughs> Yeah, I Arby's <laughs> is Arby's is, uh, is 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 hiring. So yeah. I mean, there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Prospects. <laughs> An officer complained after noticing the word "scribble" on the wrappers when he and he sent out photos to uh, via social media. According to KSN.com, Newton residents were aghast at the news. Uh, aghast. Clutch the pearls. <laughs> New residents. All the Kansas residents' monocles fell out of their eyes, and they couldn't believe what they were seeing. <laughs> Into their uh, outhouse. Hit. Um, <laughs> Newton resident Jeffrey Schlinbach said, I believe this state deserves a better reputation than somebody writing pig on food. It doesn't. It does not have that reputation. It doesn't deserve one either. Mm-mm. And resident Christopher Lynn defended the cops saying, it's not right. I don't think it's right. Most people say they don't like police, but they also do good in the community. They're good people. You know, what when a, they're, when what they're a, not, when what they're a not, shocking endorsement. <laughs> most people don't like them. Most people don't like them. But, and when they're not, you know, shooting black people, they're pretty all right yeah they do okay things they, they stop speeders and yeah. and obviously are incredibly racist um so taco bell's public re- public relations representative released the following statement our franchisee apologizes for worker behavior and is working closely with newton police and the officer to correct the situation he's identified and let go of the worker who is responsible and does not share the same belief or views as the employee our franchisee is a huge supporter of the police and has met with the lieutenant of the Newton police to plan community events to show their support. God, you know Great they did taco fire this events. Guy. What does the taco police support event look like? Is that a carnival I can go to? <laughs> sure. Just Cops so and tacos. If you're willing to go to Kansas. Rarely. I never is my answer to that question. But I can't wait to see what those tacos and those pigs are up to. <laughs> So, um, yeah, it's been a busy time in Kansas, and I'm glad we're here to bring it to you. So, yeah, absolutely. This has been Kansas News. Now, Tina, I'm not going to lie to you. We do a lot more than just talk about college football here. Um, we investigate, obviously, what's going on in Kansas. We explore some of the most important news and, time and things of our day. Um, but we also we, we take a, the lighter side, and we have a few games that we like yeah, to play. As serious as this podcast is, obviously, and uh, you know, as professional as it is, 
we like to show people that we have kind of a fun side too. That's right, and and this is a game we're bringing back. We played it um, last season, but it's uh, one of our most popular because it's one of the most important, I think, and, and it's most racist. <laughs> it's called All American or Al Qaeda. So how this works is that I'm going to list off a name to you. And this is an important game because it's high stakes is what it is. Uh, because, you know, if you are able to answer the, the question correctly, that's great. Uh, but if you're not, you're unequivocally a racist. <laughs> I think that's what it boils you're down to. You're accusing someone of being a terrorist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to I hope you don't me. like your job because you're not going to have it come Monday. <laughs> I'm going to ask you guys a series of questions. I'm going to keep score. Thanks. And uh, I'm going to let you know how this comes out. Um, and, and it's going to end poorly for me, just so we're all clear. It ended poorly for everyone, trust me. Mm-hmm. It, it, it never started well. <laughs> Are you ready? Uh, Colin, I'm going to start with you so you can show Tina how it's done. Um, I'm going to name our first candidate, and you tell me whether this is a star college football player or a radical Islamic terrorist. I can do that. Okay. The, the name is Ahmed Godain. Hmm, Godain. I feel like that's a a football player's name. Mm-hmm. It'd be a good football player's name. Like Godain takes it to the house. So I'm going to say uh, football player. Okay, you say football player. No, I'm sorry. He's from Al Shabaab. He was killed by a U.S. drone strike in 2014. Terrorist. Son of a. So you're off to a good start, Tina. Colin is bad out of the gate. Uh, he's 0 for 1. I appreciate that you're actually keeping score. Yeah, this is important. This is a grudge match, Tina. Don't act like this isn't important. Don't even act like it. If we tie, it's settled with a bare knuckle boxing match. So mm-hmm. be prepared for that. That's a fight I could win. This mm-hmm. is what I'm not nearly. As yes, it is. In. Okay, are you are you ready for your first question? No. But okay, yeah, let's bring it on. Uh, the qu- the uh, candidate is Amir Abdullah. This is where G- you talk. Uh, Give us as much dead air as you'd like. Trying really hard not to be racist. It's impossible. Just answer the question. Yeah, I'm going football player on this one. You're going to say football player, okay? That is correct. Uh, 2014 Nebraska grad. Uh, Now with the Detroit Lions, you're one and zero. You're ahead. Coming right ahead. (laughs) Nice work, Colin. Are you ready to try to strike back? I suppose. Okay, so your uh, candidate is Ode Abouche. That's a little far afield. I'm going to say terrorist. God damn. Oh, out of Virginia in 2012. Now with the Jets. Odea Boucher. I knew that one. You're over the Jets. Yeah, Tina knew that. Well, she's the offensive offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. That hurts my feelings, right? You just did a great job with that. Mm -hmm. Although, offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers is much, much higher qualification than the offensive coordinator for the New York Jets, so I will take Mm -hmm. that. No one has been punched in the face for the Packers. Not yet. Not yet, but the season's young. <laughs> okay, are you ready for your candidate? I am. Cosmo Ikovasi. Yeah, that's a football player. Is it a football player? That's a football player. That's right. Uh, well, he was a 1964 Princeton grad, and then he went on to play for the Jets. You're two for two. In your defense, wow. two Jets ones up in a row for me right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Colin, are, are, you're kind of looking like shit here. I'm not going to tell. You, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm a little bit disheartened, but you know, there's plenty of time to come back. Okay, your your uh, candidate is Hafiz Saeed. I'm going to go with terrorist. 
terrorist, you say? Yeah, it sounds like somebody blow something up. Yeah, in fact, he's with ISIS. Uh, he was also killed by a U.S. drone. Those drones are great. 2015, <laughs> so... Uh, Pretty good stuff. Yeah, so you fought back a little bit. You're down two to one. I do have to ask, is there going to be a, is there be a pronunciation check? I don't think that uh, anyone could question my pronunciations. I think they're spot on. Yeah, flawless. Sure. I'm waiting for Joe Smith to pop up. <laughs> I don't prepare this. Our production team does. So uh, your your question, Tina, is Aiden Aero. Can pronunciation one more time? Just I think the kid plays my flag football team. But Aiden go ahead. Aero. I'm pretty sure that's a football player. Yeah. Football players, eh? Yeah, I do. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. He's. He's with El Shabaab as well. He was killed in a U.S. airstrike in 2008. But nice. you know what? He gave it a good run. So <laughs> He will be missed. So, Colin, this is your chance to tie here. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, uh, Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> the player slash terrorist to be named here is Al-Zahir Al-Hakim. Wow. That sounds super terroristy. <laughs> so I'm going to say football player just to throw a curveball in there. That's right. Uh, Az Hakim was with the Rams. A bit of a red herring. Yeah, indeed. He was with San Diego State and went on to the Rams. So, yeah, this thing's tied up two to two. I like the way it's going. Tina, are you feeling the pressure? I'm overwhelmed. Okay. All right, here we go. Your candidate is Abu al Turkmani. ISIS. Dang. ISIS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, obviously. Yeah. I mean, we all know the ISIS playing I feel cards. Like it. That... Tina has the playing cards. <laughs> you know, so I feel like I'm at a disadvantage here. That's right. She's a big ISIS fan. Um... <laughs> <laughs> all right, Colin, you can come back here. You're down three to two. Malvi Nazir. Terrorist. You guys definitely blow stuff up. Yeah, that's right. So, Taliban. He's yeah. a good old-fashioned Taliban. Killed in a drone strike in 2013. Felt that my gut. Those drones. Yeah. Those drones are awesome. Good they know stuff. what they're doing, yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's like video games, but with murder. <laughs> uh, let's see. Tina. Hussein Abdullah. Oh, it's so racist to say terrorist. So, for my own conscience sake, I'm going to say football player. You know what? You're not a racist. It's a football player. I 2007, that one. God. Seven, Washington one. State. And Chiefs player, of course. You yeah. Know. That's Hussein why Abdullah it was not your safety. question. Yeah, so I'm going to give you four points here. You're one ahead of Colin. All right, Colin, uh, how racist are you, Abdul Hodge? Well, I'm extremely racist for anyone that knows me, but um, I'm going to say terrorist. Sorry, 2005 Iowa Hawkeyes and Green Bay Packers. Oh, that name in Iowa, that's a rough go of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, not a lot of terrorists in Iowa. So you're up five to three, Jane. You can break out to a commanding lead here. If you can tell me correctly, Saif Adel. Terrorist. Al-Qaeda. He's still at large, so watch out for that guy. That's yeah. Uh-huh. And he's favorite. got four years of eligibility. It's right there on that playing card. Uh, yeah, Bob Stoops, four years of eligibility. Look out. <laughs> he's still ready to play. He could be an All-American. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. All right. Colin, swap up my Grinder app for the Tinder app. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a little terrorist on Grinder. Yet, <laughs> not another God-given name. Uh, this is for you, Colin. You gotta. This will get you within one. Tarek Salah, terrorist. I guess 
Terrace, Terrace. No football player. I'm sorry. You're horrible at this game. He was a Wisconsin Badger, and now he's a Cleveland Brown. Torek Salah. Why are all of these football players in like the whitest states ever? That's got to be a rough line. Yeah. Well, you are a racist. Yes. You know, people can live anywhere these days and enjoy life. Mm-hmm. Unless you're in Kansas. Okay, let's test this racism oh, theory. Ephraim Salam. Ephraim? Ephraim Salam. That's right. I was gonna say is. they gave him like the oldest 1920s whitey guy name ever. <laughs> Come here, Ephraim. <laughs> yeah, it's, you're not gonna be blowing up a lot of uh, <laughs> Ephraim's not gonna blow up trucks in Kansas no. with that name. No, please don't try. All right, Colin, you gotta salvage some dignity here. Aslam Awan. Aslam Awan. I'm gonna say terrorist just because. How many buzzers in a row can I get for saying terrorist? Hey, there we go. Al-Qaeda. He was killed time. by a drone strike. Another drone. Those guys Shock are, up those another are efficient. Yeah, who could complain about drones? <laughs> I don't know. They'd have to be foolish. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Tina, you're up now 6-4. to four. And um, I have another question for you. Is that Al-Duri? I'm going to say terrorist. I think she's peeking at your page, Brendan. I, 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 I think she might be cheating as well. But she's, uh, she's obviously cheating. <laughs> Colin, of course you're going to say that. You're looking awful in this game. Okay. Are you ready, Colin? Not really, but go ahead. Gibran Hamden. Football player. Damn right he is. Nailed that one. I feel like I've heard that name before. Yeah, if you are following the Buffalo Bills, you have. Um, Okay, this is a big serious one. I'm covering my map so that uh, Tina can't be cheating here. If she hasn't already spied the answer. By all memorized, I mean the terrorists. All okay. Terrorists memorized. All right. Tariq Alharzi. Tariq Alharzi. Yeah, not so easy with his hand over the answers, is it? I'm going to say football player. Are you? Well, that's yeah. interesting. He's a terrorist. Oh, shocking. Shocking. All of a sudden, she's not so great at the no. game. So strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, it's an ISIS it's a dirty uh, cheater. terrorist killed by a coalition airstrike in 2015. Sorry, drones, you missed that guy. That's why I got that one. Mm-hmm. Sure, 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 sure. All right, Colin. That got you within striking distance, pun intended. <laughs> um, Ali Ababwa. Uh, character. Is that an answer? It's Prince Ali, Ali Ababwa. I'm pretty sure that's exactly right. Um, let's... Well, he's probably a Disney character. I'm going to also say he's a terrorist. Yeah, he was the alter ego for Aladdin in 1992's Aladdin, clearly a terrorist. <laughs> You're correct. Yeah, Prince Ali, mighty as he, Ali Ababwa. Strong as ten regular men. <laughs> mighty as he. <laughs> but I've never seen it. I've heard I, I, tell. Mean, I, I have not. I don't know what we're talking about right now. Yeah, no, I've heard people talk about it. You sure? I'm so curious how long that could go on. It <laughs> really could. It really that. could. I know the last like, six <laughs> verses. You really stepped on that joke there by calling me out. I was so sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a coincidence. I took all the wind out of your <laughs> Okay, that was uh, Colin. He nailed that last question. And this one, I'm covering my hand again. Mm-hmm. Montel Cozart. Oh, I'm sorry. He's a Kansas Jayhawks quarterback terrorist. <laughs> Montel Cozart. Good luck this season going 0-11, Montel. Yep. yep. Yeah, better luck to get a 1,000-pound fat lady bomb. <laughs> it was a tight one. Tina pulled that one out, though, 7-6. Uh, to six. That was a good matchup, though. 
God only knows how it would have gone down if Tina weren't cheating. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, so, you know, we had we have to ease her into this into this game, ease her into the show, mm-hmm. you know, inch by inch, you know, <laughs> carefully. That's awful. Yeah, you know, ease her in, just mm-hmm. uh, like you would Gentle. ease yourself into a latex gimsuit. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right. That's not the analogy I thought you were actually working with. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't either. I wasn't either. <laughs> to be a curveball. Mm-hmm. Well, I think on that note, after that um, high stress game, we're gonna have to take it our final break of the day, and then we'll come back with the uh, grand finale. So this is the Mazadcast. And we're back, and I realized at the beginning of the show there was one uh, group of Tiger players that we didn't mention. Who's that? It's the offensive line. That's How could we forget? Yeah, the offensive line. I, where do you feel like they fit into the question mark period between, let's say, wide receivers, which we have no idea about, versus the cornerbacks who are solid on? Well, um, I was not super impressed with their play last year, but they are a year older, and they mm-hmm. have experience. I think my biggest concern with the offensive line is Connor McGovern is moving to left tackle. Yeah. And uh, despite Gary Pinkle's full confidence, mm-hmm. I am not convinced that he is a left tackle until I've seen it. Interesting thing is, like, I hear the national press talking about Connor McGovern, and they talk about him as if he's the, 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 the rock that is, you know, the, the offensive line. Like, he's the stable point. And granted, he was a starter last year, but he he did let some folks through, and uh, you know we weren't nearly as high on him as a lot of the other folks were. Yeah, I you know I feel like I think I've said this before. Like the, uh, a left tackle is a left tackle because he's the best of the best. Mm-hmm. He's the most nimble on his feet. He's the fastest, the strongest, and uh, could probably play any offensive line position because he has those gifts. And uh, he plays left tackle because that's the most important position on the line, protecting the blind side. Um, I don't feel like that's Connor McGovern. No. <laughs> you know, those those characteristics do not fit Connor McGovern necessarily. But I'm hoping he'll prove me wrong. Yeah, um, time will tell. Um, and we're going to need those guys to step up because we're going to lean so heavily on the run this year with mm-hmm. uh, Hansbro being the meat and potatoes. Of well, this if, they, if they are the strength, I think that is you know where Mizzou uh, has their chance. It's like if we got a strong offensive line, a good running back, and Matty Mock plays well. I mean that's that's you know we'll find receivers you know right. you, you, he's got open. time and and he's getting time and there's a running game that the defense has to respect then you know you've got something Britain something I wanted to talk about before we wrap it up was uh, we mentioned briefly that Matty Mock was on uh, Paul Feinbaum who's that Matty Mock yeah he got a little interview on the Feinbaum show and uh, I'm surprised Matt, uh, Paul Feinbaum took any time for the University of Missouri Tigers well he doesn't typically mm-hmm. at all no he's not a fan um, but I think the thing that I like to uh, I think part of the reason maybe Feinbaum did it is because uh, Feinbaum, I saw in SEC uh, media days, it was asked several times of uh, anybody they talked to from Missouri, and it was asked of Matty Mock about the lack of respect for Missouri or, mm-hmm. or the perceived lack of respect. Do they feel that? Do they know it? Do they? Uh, how does Matty, what does Matty Mock feel about that? And, of course, it's, uh, you always get a canned answer of, you know, we don't pay attention, that sort of stuff. But what it did was it fueled the nutballs who 
called the Fine Bomb Shoal, and that is what they are. They yeah, are yeah, yeah. fucking nutballs. Mm-hmm. Um, he just sent them on a tirade the next 10 minutes of people calling in and go, Missouri ain't getting respect because they ain't all burned and they ain't never won nothing, and they're going to go SEC East, win it, and, and get beat in the championship game, you know, win something, and you get respect. And just a, is this the fall Fine Bomb Show right now? Oh, my God, it felt like it was I know. spot on. Yeah, flawless. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just won after the other. Uh, but the, the, the point is, is that, if we hadn't won the SEC East, they would have been like, well, they never even won the East before. And then we won the East, and now it's like, well, they never won the championship before. I just feel like with SEC fans and the SEC in general, like Missouri's never going to get respect until they like, win a national championship. Yeah, that needs a national championship. Um, honestly, though, like, how did Paul Feinbaum become the uh, representative of all things SEC? Look at the scrawny guy. I thought he was a pussy. <laughs> right? And I'm talking to you, old man. Well, he... It's true because you know he's not uh, he doesn't have a, a southern accent. He's actually kind of articulate, um, very dry, and uh, he just if you said there's a guy in the SEC who kind of is the head of the media, you would have not picked Fein- Paul Feinbaum as that that individual. No, I thought he was a pussy. Yeah, well, we share that sentiment. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is, and. Uh, it is kind of neat to see Mizzou on there. I mean, it's kind of neat to see Mizzou on the SEC network. It's neat that we're in a uh, neat. It's it's <laughs> neat that we're in a. Uh, uh, I'm saying neat a lot. That we're in a conference now that has its own network, and you know, like I said, we discussed in the last show what a abortion the Big Twelve has become. Yeah, exactly. And uh, where we're in a conference now, where everybody really does paddle in the same direction. I right. mean, they are interested in raising Mizzou's profile because it raises the SEC's profile. I mean, they are all in for the SEC. Mm-hmm. And um, something else I, I brought up in the show last time that I was going to bring up was uh, I've mentioned a couple different times that we've been talking about the conference realignments. Mm-hmm. And they, there's kind of been an unspoken thing that the Texas and Oklahoma would kind of be welcome if they ever decide. But uh, Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star mentioned in his last segment uh, on one of the local uh, radio stations that when uh, Texas A&M joined, part of them joining was basically them blocking Texas, any Texas team out, especially the Longhorns from the SEC. So that is mm-hmm. – I kind of at one time thought eventually Texas will be the SEC. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma and Texas are going to end up there, I felt like. And uh, it doesn't sound like that can happen now. Yeah, well, that's good to hear because fuck those guys. Yeah, uh, they got their own network, so I don't know how that's going to work out with the SEC network. Yeah, the, the Longhorn Network has uh, basically been a disaster for as successful as the SEC Network has been. Mm-hmm. Partially because the moment they started the SEC, or the, sorry, the Longhorn Network, Texas was at like the zenith of its power. Right. And since it started, they've just fallen on complete hard times. Yeah, as bad as it is for Texas, it's really bad for Iowa State because I don't think the Longhorn Network does them a damn bit of good. <laughs> no, no, they do not. Mm-hmm. No, they don't have a. Uh, Iowa State Takeover Day on the SEC or on the uh, Tex Longhorn Network. Mm-mm. No, no, they do not. But uh, yeah, so uh, you know, I we've been harping on the Big Twelve because they're terrible, and also there's no football. Yeah, it's fun to harp on the Big Twelve. Really, mm-hmm. it's fun to harp on anybody. It's not the SEC. It, I'd like to crush their little necks because they're such pricks. As much as I feel like the SEC is in love with itself, it is nice to be part of the SEC because you do realize that we are part of something that's you know in the scope of. College football, it is as much cachet, as as much notoriety as any place you could be, mm-hmm. and uh, it's nice to be a part of that. Now, I'll say one thing. I'll give people like from the like Columbia Tribune, uh, David Morris, and like Walt, uh, Joe Wal- Joel Wal- Jasper, that 
you know, when you read their articles, they do they are not homers mm-hmm. for Missouri. Where I feel like the SEC press in most of the the, the SEC towns are complete homers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we kind of went over that in last show and how they make their predictions and how they don't pay attention to uh, Mizzou or anything else. But you don't hear a lot of homerism from the local press. They've had lots of years of Missouri disappointment to temper their enthusiasm for our own program. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, I, I give those guys credit for being a little more um, even-handed when they're making their predictions um, than, say, North South Carolina's uh, – press who probably believes South Carolina is going to win every year regardless. Well, you got guys like Georgia, too, or Georgia thinks they're a national championship contender every year, yet they always shit the bed in one <laughs> capacity or another. I mean, yeah. you look at a team last year, and they just hate Missouri because they killed us, and they're like, mm-hmm. we're so much better than Missouri, yet who goes to Atlanta? The yeah. Tigers do because Georgia can't beat South Carolina. And they just fuck themselves in the ass. Well, and the, the SEC press is you know, party line in that um, – Mizzou only is doing this because the East, East is, down. is down. There's no, there's no chance that maybe Missouri is just competitive. Right. It's just it, the, the obviously the East has to be down. Yeah. That's the only reason this exists. And um, Pat Forty nice had yarn. an article. Way to go there. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about the show. Uh, Pat Forty <laughs> had an article about the discrepancy between the East and the West, and made a convincing argument about how much better the West is than the East, and when they do head-to-head matchups. And, well, I'm not going to argue that the West isn't better, but right. Well, like for instance, last year there were four total wins of SEC East schools over SEC West schools, and all four of those wins came from either Georgia or Missouri. Sure. And um, I believe Missouri, they beat Arkansas, and they beat... Don't, don't tell people from Tennessee that. No. You know what I mean? You talk about Georgia feeling like they are, you know, a contender all the time. Tennessee fans are fucking delusional. Oh, God, yes. And, you know, we, of course, troll on Twitter almost nonstop, and um, the fan bases that you notice are... It gets most under their craw, at least that from my standpoint, was when we're playing those teams. Of course, Arkansas. Arkansas was really doesn't like Missouri, mm-hmm. which is good, seeing as we're going to be rivals. And but uh, I remember after we beat Tennessee, and we've never lost to Tennessee, you know, That's but, right, yeah. but until the, they beat us, shut up. Yeah, and they were just they, they were as active, you know, with the hashtag fuck Missouri as uh, anyone. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, they are they are as delusional as Georgia. Georgia, for as much as they hate us, wasn't was really not as active as Tennessee was. Mm-mm. But their fan base is enormous. Uh, their stadium has a hundred thousand people stadium, and that uh, and there's and they even have a pro sports team, to, right? Uh, and they still draw. So, but unfortunately, they think there's a Peyton Manning still on the squad. He, <laughs> yeah, he most definitely is not. No, he is not. Uh, they they actually have a gentleman named Dobbs who is um, I'm yeah. not sure human. No, he is I mean, to look possibly at him, an alien. Yeah, um, he certainly doesn't have eyebrows, which can't help him on the field. I saw a picture of him where he's got a really bad haircut now, too. I mean, like he's just piled on. Mm-hmm. He's like one of those guys that puts giant holes in their ears. They're already unattractive, and they just use these piercings that turn their hole in, or their ears into a orifice for fucking. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we all know what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, uh, I digress. <laughs> Yeah, I would love to see Missouri kick Tennessee's ass again. Um, and, and frankly, I think I mentioned it the last week that this is put up or shut up time for Butch Jones. He, everybody talks about what a great recruiter he is. Uh, Tennessee has been rebuilding, quote unquote, for years now. And uh, if they don't do it this year, uh, you know, and, and Tennessee is to the east what I think Arkansas is to the west, which is people look at them and think they're a team on the up and up. They've had good recruits, they're moving forward. 
they play each other this year in the yeah. East to West matchup, and I'm curious to see who wins that game. Well, I tell you what, Arkansas is getting a ton of credit. There. I've seen polls where they're you know up in the top ten. Mm-hmm. preseason and this is a team that won two conference games last year i mean it's hard to believe that people are this high on a team that only won two games or yeah. conference games anyway mm-hmm. i mean that's a huge uh, endorsement and leap of faith for arkansas it really reminds me last year of when we were talking about florida and florida had a crappy 2013 and they thought oh well this is the year they turned it around 2014 and of course they did not now there was nothing to verify that and that's what gives me hope for missouri is i don't know that these sec experts know anything more than we do and we don't know anything at all we're the worst we are the worst the uh, arkansas has quarterback questions mm-hmm. um they got a decent offensive line and a, and a decent running game but you know, i leave it i i can't believe we talked about you know the nfl being a quarterback driven leaf i can't believe that the press in general just forget the fact that some of these teams have quarterback issues. Like right. it's not going to, it's not going to matter. They're still going to win. Yeah. Issues. Yeah. Uh, it's one thing Tennessee doesn't have. They, at least they have a, a quarterback going in that has some experience. Although he's never done anything no. other than impress critics. Yeah. That's I, you know, I'm, I haven't seen Joshua Dobbs do anything um, to make, lead me to believe he's going to be some super legit quarterback at the college level. I mean, he, to me, he strikes me as a run first throw second quarterback quarterback and i don't i'm never impressed with those i like a maddie mock quarterback whose first look is to throw but has the ability to run not the other way around I'll, and i'll take a maddie mock every time who plays like shit and does nothing but win football games yeah exactly so i mean at some point you have to give maddie mock some credit just because he does he wins football games and you mentioned earlier in the show in the fourth quarter the motherfucker shows up mm-hmm. indeed well colin i think we've done it again we have we successfully sure killed a lot of time um, I'm sure we've uh, convinced we, a lot of people how bad we are. Yeah, have we driven up listenership now, or we've we, either, have, we, have we taken the, the the groundswell of listenership we've discovered and scared and them off, pushed them away? Yeah, time will tell. Tina couldn't have helped. No, Tina was not an asset. Um, <laughs> so the thing is, uh, I will ask you once again to fill out our survey and, uh, and and convince crazy people to listen to our show. Sure, because uh, we need. All the support we can get because we're terrible, as we mentioned, yeah. and we're not going to help ourselves out. No, but we have been invigorated by um, the statistics we've been seeing. They have right. been sort of uh, – we've been shocked, honestly. The, the amazing thing is uh, how shitty can a show be before people stop listening. Yeah. I think that's what this is. This is a social experiment to find out really? just how shitty a show can be. We figured out how to track listenership, and now mm-hmm. we've decided simply to have a show – to see if we can drive down listenership. Mm-hmm. So let's see if we can do that. And for those of you who do listen, thank you very much. Sure, it's, been a, absolutely. it's great to know that we're not just talking to ourselves uh, because that would be depressing. It would be. So uh, our, our wives hate us. It's nice to know that uh, somebody else doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say they don't hate us. You know, yeah, they hate listen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I think we're going to wrap it up today. And I don't know if we're going to do another show before the season starts. We'll probably have to because, uh, God damn, there's still weeks and weeks ahead before mm-hmm. football gets going for realsies. Yep, yep. And God knows that we need somebody to break down that hardcore SEMO game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you guys are going to want to know how, how, to, how to look at that game after it's all over. And if you need tickets, follow us on Twitter. We can get you links to the best prices on tickets in town. And uh, do follow us on Twitter. We're at Mazodcast. And you can always email the show at Mazodcast at gmail.com and uh, one of our uh, lowly interns will get back to you and absolutely. maybe we'll put you on the show. So Absolutely. 
So uh, with that, uh, thanks for listening. My name is Brendan Steenbergen. I am Colin Steenbergen. And go Tigers. We something and you get respect.